Have you ever gotten behind on your fitness and then you did a crash diet or you worked out too hard for too long and kind of burned yourself out? Or maybe you ignored your email list until the end of the year and then you scrambled to show them some love. Maybe you did the same thing with your employees or your team members and just realized, oh, it's been so long. I haven't done anything. I better knock it out of the park to really win them back. We have a special double header episode today with two big ideas. The first is how to avoid the big binge, just like we all did last week for Thanksgiving. And the second is how to find a $100,000 problem for your customers and then solve it for high profit and and have a lot of fun doing it. Hey, I'm your host, Cody Birch, and this is the Cody Builds a Business Podcast, your unfiltered front row seat to watching me build a seven-figure online business from scratch or die trying. Let's get started. Last week was Thanksgiving here in the U.S., and like most people, we kind of picked out uh, on the day. I was actually kind of proud of myself because it's taken a couple of years through some fitness exercises and things that I've done to have a more healthy relationship with food, but still, I, I enjoyed myself. Let's put it that way. And uh, over the last couple of days of, of post-Thanksgiving, all the leftovers and the pies and the different things, and then we have – I don't part of my Thanksgiving experience always is driving back either from my wife's parents' house or my parents' house. So it's either a seven hour drive or a 10 hour drive and you just eat road trip food, right? You eat uh, beef jerky and pretzels and chips and stuff like that, right? Like even if I try to be really healthy, I'll eat gluten-free chips, but I still end up sitting there for seven to 10 hours. And just that's always the capstone to my Thanksgiving week of not eating right and not being as active as I would like to be. Um, and so anyways, I don't know if that, if that if you have that same experience, but it got me thinking again on this long drive back that this is that time of year where I feel like a lot of that stuff happens. Let me explain. We do it, we could do it in our finances. Like I don't really track my sales goals like I should, and I'm being convicted and challenged to do that better in 2019 is to track my sales better. Um and my sales goals and my sales objectives for each month. If I'm trying to grow a million dollar business, exactly how am I going to be doing that? Via what verticals? Via what lead generation opportunities, et cetera? Uh, am I going to try to pull that off? And throughout this end of the year, I'm going to have a growing year this year. I'm going to grow 10 or 12%, something like that, year over year, which is exciting and great. And I'm glad and I'm happy and grateful for that growth. Now, I thought I would be able to. 5x my business because I have a model that's a pretty scalable and there's really no reason I shouldn't have done that other than I didn't really plan very well. So if you're like me and if that resonates with you, it's the end of the year and you look at your numbers and go, I don't know that I'm towards my sales goals like I thought I would. And I, now I'm trying to put something together in the last quarter or the last five or six weeks of the year to try to get there. In fact, major retailers do it. I've gotten thousands of emails in the last week for Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. And my understanding of Black Friday is it's the day in the year where a lot of companies go into the black and they become very profitable because of the huge amount of business that's done over that post-Thanksgiving weekend break, which makes me think, well, why were their sales targets off? Why did Best Buy or Walmart or these major retailers not hit their sales objectives and wait until, gosh, late November, late in the 11th month of the year to try to hit their sales goals for the year? It seems like it puts a lot of pressure on that. This is also that time of the year where a lot of people, including me, are starting to do their annual planning. And they're looking at what worked this year, what didn't work, how do you want 2019 to look different than 2018. And similarly, if we've done no planning all year and haven't really gotten our head above the clouds to realize where are we, where are we going, where does this fit in, uh, we might be in a little bit of trouble and you're maybe in a little bit of a panic mode. 
And I used to be, when I was at the last company I was at for 11 years, I always dreaded the annual planning time because we would kind of look and we weren't really great at keeping up with our goals. And so we would always have this big to do at the end of the year, a two or three day retreat and plan the goals for the next year. And then we didn't have a great history of hitting the goals. We were great goal setters, but not great goal uh, hitters. And so that's carried over a bit into the agency business and into the one hour funnel info business as that's growing as well. I don't have very clearly defined goals. And again, I'm being challenged and convicted in that area to do better at that next year. But this is that time of year where you look up and go, I didn't hit the goals I wanted to hit. I didn't sell what I wanted to hit. Or, or maybe you did, right? Like I'm not saying every, everybody's not doing well this year. If you're doing really well with your goals or if you just stumbled into your goals, like last year I set a goal for a certain amount of revenue I wanted to generate. And I looked up in December and I was like, wow, I hit it, you know, within about a thousand dollars, I hit that revenue goal. Um, but it still felt a little bit more accidental. Uh, so I don't think that that's how life has to be. That would be like ignoring a workout and then trying to run five marathons in a day. Like, it'd be better to do a marathon. Well, I don't like I don't like running very much. That's a bad example, but it'd be better to run a little bit of a distance with, you know, three to five times a week. Maybe do a big race once a month or once a quarter, something like that to maintain your fitness throughout the year instead of ignoring your fitness and then running a bunch of marathons on Black Friday. Does that make sense? It'd be like ignoring the gym for a whole week and then on the seventh day doing seven days of exercises, an hour of legs, an hour of arms, an hour of cardio, an hour of chest, an hour of back, an hour of calves, an hour of neck or whatever, right? Like that's not a great way to work out, but how often do we surrender that type of um bad strategy into our business, right? How often do we wait until the end of the year to look at where we are and say, are we even hitting our goals? Are we even on track? It'd be like setting a course. I live in Colorado Springs saying, I, I'm going to go to New York City and I know it's to the Northeast. It's in this general direction and I'm not going to bring a map and I'm not going to check in and I don't know how long it's going to take and I'm not going to look up every now and then to see where I'm at and get my bearings. I'm just going to head that general direction and hope that I make it. And I, I, I'm saying this more for myself. Maybe this resonates with you. Maybe it doesn't. And you can listen to the next episode or the last episode or whatever, um, that we don't have to put all this pressure on ourselves to, uh, eat. Uh, I mean, literally eat so much food that, you know, that around Thanksgiving, around Christmas time where we've been kind of healthy all year, then we just blow it and put on our winter weight, right? We don't have to do that with our fitness or with our goal setting or with our journaling or with, imagine if you're trying to have a great relationship with your spouse and you do nothing all year. And then on one day you, uh, get her thousands of dollars of gifts and, and trips and things like that. But she might say, I wish you had just told me you love me, you know, multiple times a day for the whole year, instead of doing nothing for a year and not giving me all the stuff, just dumping this. It's not a very useful way to function and achieve any of your goals. It's, it's better meted out. So what do I mean? Let's talk about goal setting because that's what's leading this conversation here. And let's, it makes more sense to plan in 90 day sprints to me you can really predict pretty clearly in 90 days. Again, I used to at the last company, I, I was forced to have an annual plan. And honestly, we were doing a bunch of new stuff. And I was like, I have no idea how this is going to work. Why would I plan out 12 months from now how I think this brand new thing that we've never tested is going to work out? I really have no idea. And that got me in some hot water with my former boss a few times. And I was like, well, I need you to pick. I'm like, dude, I'm literally guessing. I have no idea. This is not very useful. But what I do know is in the next 90 days, we can take these activities and expect these kinds of results and have these types of milestones that we can celebrate as we hit them. 
but it's really useless to be able to try to guess 12 months out. Now, I've, I still kind of do that. Like, I don't exactly know where I'm going to be in a year. I do have an annual plan via one of the coaches I invested in recently, the guy named Jay I told you about a couple episodes ago in Calgary. He's mapped out a plan for next year of what 2019 can look like. And now Jay and I are exploring what it looks like to work together to help fulfill that plan. And so if you're not very good at it, like I talked about a few episodes ago, it's the who, not the how. I don't need to know how to fulfill that plan. It's kind of who can help me fulfill this plan uh, you know, for me or with me or alongside me and hold me accountable to that. So um, that's my that's my plea to you uh, as you consider annual planning. If, if your business isn't where it's at or your health isn't where it's at or where you want it to be or your relationships aren't where you want them to be, take a minute in 2019, plan out 90-day sprints with measurable goals and objectives and outcomes and milestones. Celebrate those wins and you won't uh, have so much pressure when it comes to uh, Q4. The last thing I want to share with you today is a concept I learned from Taki Moore when I was at his event two weeks ago. And he was talking about uh, the people in the room were his private clients. And I was there as a guest. I'm not signed up to work with Taki. Uh, I will at some point, I'm sure, but the timing uh, hasn't worked out so far. And I was there as a guest to experience the event and to see how he led the event. And it was really fantastic. Um, and he talked about how to solve, uh, how to be able to charge $10,000 more as an example, because you'll see why here in a second. But if the quickest way to charge $10,000 for your product, service, or idea is to find a $100,000 problem, and then you can solve for that problem for $10,000. So, uh, for example, the, if I've mapped out a way to make a million dollars in my business in the next 12 months, let's say it's via live events, masterminds, experiences, coaching, et cetera, like, cool, that's the plan. I had now the million dollar problem. I need to be able to execute that plan to fulfill on that promise or like I've got myself into a, a corner here with the one hour funnel stuff to try to make a million dollars. As I told somebody today, I think I'm $965,000 away from that million dollar goal, but uh, that's good news for you, the podcast listener, because we're going to keep doing shows until we hit that million dollar mark. So um, that if somebody gives me a million dollar uh, so, solution, that will make me a million dollars, but they only charge $100,000 or even if they charge twenty, you know, $250,000, that's still a bargain, right? If you had a $1,000 solution uh, or a $1,000 problem and I can make that problem go away, but I, you'd have to pay me 50 bucks, that's an amazing, amazing, amazing return on your investment. So it was a really, uh, pro, it was profound to me. I don't know if I communicated it clearly enough where you just had the aha moment, but as you're looking at pricing your services, and I talk about this in the book where it's uh, the one hour funnel book, which is the transformation you provide. So if I'm a, a fitness coach and I can help you lose one pound over the next 30 days, that's not a very drastic problem for you. You wouldn't pay any money for that. In fact, you should pay nothing for that. That's not a very good solution. You can drink a little bit less, you know, don't do dessert for three days and you'll lose that pound, right? There, I just gave you free advice on how to lose a pound in 30 days. But if I can get you in the best shape of your life and get you on the cover of magazines, if that's your aspirational goal or become an Instagram influence, whatever that is, right? If I can help you get fit and get in the best shape of your life, that is a much more interesting problem with a much more drastic transformation that I could charge a lot more money for. So for me, when I run a Facebook launch, I typically charge ten to fifteen thousand dollars to promote a Facebook launch. Uh, you know, when somebody has a promotion coming up. So a lot of my recent promotions, the last one that just wrapped up, was several hundred thousand dollars. Uh, I've had a couple in the seven figure mark, and I still charge the same fee, ten to fifteen thousand bucks for people's promotions. Well, that's a no brainer, right? Like. I, I can solve a million dollar or 1.2 million or $1.8 million problem for $10,000, less than 1% of the cost of getting that problem solved. And then you can charge whatever you want. 
So if there were a way, and maybe I should consider this as I'm talking out loud now, that I should charge $50,000 for a launch because now it's about 5% of your overall launch income. If you're going to make a million dollars times 5%, that's a $50,000 fee. Something like that might make a lot of sense to the right person. And now that's probably not competitive in the marketplace. Not a lot of people I know charge 50K for a launch. They might charge 10 or 15K plus a percent of revenue. And that's maybe more uh, aligned to what that offer should be. But the, the point remains, if you can solve a $10,000 problem for a thousand bucks or a hundred thousand dollar problem for ten thousand dollars or a million dollar problem for a hundred thousand dollars that's a really interesting proposition so think of it that way the problem that you solve in your marketplace for the people you want to serve what is that worth to them monetarily and then charge appropriately Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Cody Builds a Business podcast, kind of a uh, duopoly here. I've got a couple of different ideas and I've got so many more episodes in the can, so to speak, on my little Trello planning board here that I wanted to bring you two ideas today. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I also got a new microphone sound dampening system. If you could see my studio, which is my home office uh, right now, I've got this amazing uh, apparatus right behind my microphone. So hope you enjoyed the increased audio quality on today's uh, podcast episode. And hey, if you like this episode, we're getting lots of new uh, listeners and lots of momentum. And it's because of people like you sharing the episode with someone you care about, somebody that may be going through some kind of issues, somebody curious about how to grow a business, somebody curious about entrepreneurship, somebody curious about watching this guy spend all his money on Facebook. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Or in whatever way, I'm a human guinea pig or you find any interest in what I'm doing, uh, please share the episode rate it and review it. And then also a little teaser. I interviewed, uh, I've done a bunch of podcast interviews. I've got a lot more lined up. Today was the Beauty and the Beast uh, interview. I interviewed my wife about entrepreneurship, which is going to be released really soon. I was going to wait till January to drop it, but I really enjoyed our conversation together about what it's been like for us in entrepreneurship. So she's the beauty. She's been my most beautiful podcast uh, interview ho uh, interview so far. And then the beast is a really good friend of mine, Dr. Chris Zeno. Chris Zeno is a professional bodybuilder. He's one of the most successful, driven, uh, amazing people I know. And I also thought I would drop his interview in January and we were going through it today. And I was like, man, this was super good. So I'm going to be bringing both of those to you really, really soon. Uh, so be looking for those. And I've also got a way, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, that would be interesting to me. So I'm looking for interesting guests to interview. I literally probably have about 20 guests um, lined up to be interviewed in all sorts of different niches that I'll be really excited to get to you uh, on, on the episodes uh, that are coming up in the next couple months. Oh, thank you.